What is up, everyone? Excuse my crackly throat. Uh, I'm still dealing with uh, some type of cold. It's not putting me out of commission. It's just annoying me. But hey, thanks for joining me. Today, we're talking Battle Angel Alita. Do you know what this movie is? We're going to get into it. It's controversial. It lit the internet on fire and continues to do so today. Why? Tune in. Episode 282 of AKA Pad's Audio Audacity Podcast. Let's go. Thank you for joining me. Hey, hey, hey. I love you. You know it's me, Peter A. DeLuca, AKA Pad, the pop culture pope, sexual white chocolate. I'm your boy. I'm your man. I know too much about this stuff, and I am spilling it all on you. Now, we're doing the run, just to give you a little bit of an update. We're doing a run where I'm just, like, going through movies that uh, just have been on my mind. And uh, I have a couple con- um, content blocks planned out. I have one for Bad Boys. I have one for uh, Rambo, First Blood, Two Last Blood. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. And Bad Boys also, because I, I saw Bad Boys for Life a couple of days ago with my mother, which I completely loved doing. I thought it was very, very cool that my mother wanted to go see it and went out of her way to see it with me. God bless her. And, um, you know, but along the way, you know, like Bad Boys, it was just this one movie that uh, a lot like this one, it always came up. It was always in the trades. It just seemed like uh, it would never get made. I read about Battle Angel Alita for a long time. For I mean, I'm talking post. Uh, I want to say maybe as early as ninety, like maybe ninety eight, ninety nine. Like yeah, it goes back because this movie was always teased. Uh, amongst Cameron's like stack, he had a stack of movies he wa- or a stack of scripts, a stack of stories, and it would be like, no, he's working on the next Terminator. No, he's working on this Titanic movie. No, he's working on a Titanic documentary. No, he's working on the deep sea underwater documentary. He's doing this. He's doing that. He has a TV show, like so on and so forth. And then, like all of a sudden, uh, this movie was like good to go, and it was happening. In an age, technology-wise, you know, look, look, we have to talk special effects. We have to talk about the computer. Hey, the computer enables me to come to you as regularly as I do. So we love computers. But we have to talk about these things because the technology was there to make this movie what it is. Now, how is it controversial? Because... This movie came out around the same time as Captain Marvel. And all of the press was focused on Captain Marvel. And I want to say rightfully so. Because Avengers Infinity War is, is, I will say this, artfully, narratively, by design, storyline-wise, the one of the best big-time blockbusters ever. And the train sense. It goes beyond what it is. Now, the, my feelings for Avengers Endgame do not echo that. Avengers Endgame, I view, uh, I just viewed uh, the, the guts of the story as just strictly lazy. The time travel thing. I, I, I just can't deal with it. P- 
people. I can't deal. I saw it coming, and I can't deal with it. And all the focus went to Captain Marvel, and this movie got ignored. And along the way, we had Brie Larson somewhat uh, beating the war drum to rally her base, the Ya woman, the You Go Girl base, and somewhat um, promoted herself and and through Captain Marvel, like put herself front and center as this like feminist uh, movement. Like her being in Captain Marvel, starring in this Marvel superhero movie, was the pinnacle. Of feminism, you know, like she became the idol of that crowd, and a lot of people called BS because this movie, when it came out, there was a good momentum around this movie that said, "This is good. You have to see it. You have to see this movie to believe it." And it was hard, even for me, it was hard to uh, have that, uh, you know, be confirmed. Because, look, we have Avengers Infinity War. This is a lead-in into the resolution of Avengers Infinity War. This whole scope, this entire opus that Marvel Studios weaved, paid off with Captain Marvel. Now, I've said a lot about Captain Marvel. I believe at the end, Brie Larson, you know, came out on top. Marvel Studios came out on top. Uh... I believe they dropped the ball with the movie because they did. They really didn't make her cool. They didn't give her enough of a hero's journey. And all of these things that Captain Marvel was missing was discovered in this movie at that same time. And it became a cry to boycott Captain Marvel and see Battle Angel Alita. That's very important. Uh, I really haven't seen anything like that when it comes to, to film before. So... Yeah, a lot of this stuff is it's it's hurtful to feel like you have to address it because you know we should just talk about the movie here. But now, like I think the age of cinema, we live in in the age of cinema. Uh, we live in a constantly transforming landscape when it comes to movies and seeing a movie and going to the theater. It's changing. It's evolving. Netflix disruption. 3D disruption, uh, $20 reserved movie seats disruption. It's a constantly liquid landscape. And everyone fights to, to be first to market and or best in class. And we just want to talk about the guts and the context. But we're in an age of cinema. And the stories and what happens around these movies, in my view is as important of what happens inside the movies themselves. And this is a prime example of this. I, the winner, if in my opinion, of these two movies is this movie. This movie has some of the best on-screen design work I've ever seen. It echoes uh, Steven Spielberg's and Stanley Kubrick's AI. It echoes that. If you took that movie and you put it on steroids and crack and did a bunch of cocaine and drank Red Bull and vodka all night, you would have this movie. And I believe the two movies pair very well. And, you know, quick content skirt here. Uh, my next episode, 
283 is actually an extension of this conversation. It's going to be Ghost in the Shell. And then after that, I'm going to do Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick's AI. Because when I was watching these movies in preparation for these episodes, uh, I got re-inspired to re-explore AI. And I, I really, every time I watch that movie, it's different. And holy crap. Uh, if that doesn't grow on you as as the years go on, I first saw that movie it was one of the biggest disappointments uh, I could remember at the time, uh, or just very disappointed with it because it was Kubrick and Spielberg. Like it, it, um, it had to be like a clear success. But hey, Eyes Wide Shut wasn't wasn't exactly what you would expect. And but that movie's grown on me too. I love both of those movies. Yeah, so we're we're doing a little bit of a cyborg block here. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, we're doing back-to-back anime blocks. Now, when it comes to manga adaptations, uh, this movie's the best. Now, I said that about Priest during the 31 Days of Dread. I said Priest is the best manga representation. Okay? It's the best manga movie. This one is the best manga movie, or it's the best anime movie. It existed as both. Uh, Ghost in the Shell... Is good too. Uh, people hate that movie. What's up with that? Yeah, so a lot of these uh, internet like trolls, these uh, fly-by-night uh, critics, fans, opinion weavers, uh, they all dogpiled onto this argument. And there, there just wasn't enough momentum to push this movie like truly over the top. But look, if we look at the box office... The budget for this movie is $170 million. That's a lot. But it, you see it. It's all on screen. This movie also is directed by Robert Rodriguez. He's one of the best filmmakers ever to come through Hollywood. This, uh, Him taking this movie on and doing what he did with the script was a masterstroke. He took a very thick uh, 300 plus page script and boiled it down to two hours and knew what the thread knew, what the story was. Uh, he he made this movie emotional. He made it um, exciting. There's new things in this movie. This movie has a legit romance, and it's it's a little bit awkward. And the reason why it's awkward because it's it, it echoes Blade Runner, but we're in the slums. We're in like the scum of this earth, and it just sings. It's there. We have one of the best CG computer generated creations in the leader ever this movie is missing nothing it's missing nothing and robert rodriguez we know him sin city i i I always go to sin city first because i think sin city might be his best movie playing the terror yeah whatever i love it i love that movie desperado i love desperado el mariachi i love el mariachi from dust till dawn his studio movie, right? The one for you, the one for me movie. The Faculty. Hey, hey. It's a response to Scream. Okay? There was a lot of Scream responders at that time. That's one of the better ones. I'm sorry. For what it is, it's one of the better ones. And, you know, we, we have a... Uh, not just a filmmaker, but we have a storyteller. And then we have James Cameron nurturing the entire project. And the amazing thing is that you watch this movie... And you're like, holy crap, James Cameron's involved with the new Terminator in very much the same fashion. This, uh, okay, his involvement, his 
um, you know, his like uh, mentorship, you know, his overseeing, his producership, it comes through. Yeah, more times than not, it comes through. Terminator Dark Fate is going to deliver. It has to. We got Tim Miller right off of Deadpool. And we got uh, somewhat of a tonal, a new tonal look for a Terminator movie. Uh, meaning it's in Mexico and everything's yellow. No, that didn't happen. James Cameron now, you're suspect. Uh, but supposedly, um, I don't think I mentioned this during my Terminator Dark Fate uh, discussions. Because I have two episodes on that. Is there's a lot coming out about that movie too, and it just seems like creatively there was a war um, to what to do with that movie. Uh, everyone threw someone underneath the bus after that movie. Tim Miller, uh, most recently uh, Sarah Connor, what's her name, Linda Hamilton, you know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger threw people under, under the bus. Bus James Cameron, everyone. It was like a dog fight. So. We got we got some amazing talent behind this movie. Uh, we 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 I think we have the pinnacle of uh, manga adaptation. Uh, this movie makes you uh, beckon back for the days when 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 Japanese entertainment uh, was wild and amazing and dark and fun and strictly and I say this to its truest term imaginative. And it's heartbreaking that even now. And in the intro, I alluded to this, but even now, there there is another online campaign. These warriors out there, who are, you know, trying to you know uh, bang their drums loud enough to get a sequel because this movie, getting back to the box office, look, it cost one seventy. Worldwide, it made four hundred and five million dollars. Now, that's not exactly the number you want. You would kind of want another $100 million to kickstart the sequel. And you're like, well, but Pete, you know, like, do, do they just want the sequel just to want the sequel? Yes and no. See, this movie uh, it had me so engaged when it went into the final moments before we pop into the credits. And we, you know, because I love it when the credits pop in the, the right way, like directed by. I hate it when it does like the ladybird thing where you're watching the movie and you're waiting for something to happen and boom credits and you're just like what are we doing here? This movie ends in such a fashion that I thought there was like this other step. I'm like oh she's going to do that. She's about to go do this and the movie's like no and it, it just pulls it right back. It shows you that dollar and it just pulls it like right back and then you just like you know fall on your face trying to grab it. I don't know people. This movie is a cannot mess for anyone involved with science fiction. If you're involved with what the 90s were all about. If you're involved with swinging for the fences ideas. If you're involved with uh, seeing an industry at its height. It is this movie. This movie is Hollywood at its height. And, you know, and, and, and you can say that about Avengers Infinity War. You can. You know, I mean, Thanos amazing. You know, in a lot of degrees, uh, some people will make that argument with Avengers Endgame. And the reason why I'm comparing all these movies on this, like, tentpole, top-tier level is because, like, that's that's what they all are. You know, and that's the intent. But this movie runs a little bit deeper. You know, it, there's a... 
uh, like I said, this love story. There's a father and daughter saga weaved into this. And then there's like the oppressed. And it's, you know, we get enough of all of those little threads. Now, here's the crazy thing. I saw this movie one time. I saw it one time. Uh, I wish I could watch it again a few times. <laughs> Excuse me. But the movie I got locked into with that was our next one, Ghost in the Shell. And that's going to be episode two, 282, right? That, that's where we are. No, 283. 283 is going to be Ghost in the Shell. I've seen it a few times. Uh, more than happy to discuss that with you. And then we're going to do AI for episode 284. And at that point, uh, I still may throw in another one or two flicks I want to discuss. And, and my upcoming blocks, I already said, it's going to be Bad Boys, First Blood, Two Last Blood, The Saga of John Rainbow. Uh, and I'm thinking about doing every version of A Star is Born because we're kind of around Oscars. I think the Oscars are like next week, maybe. Uh, and I really don't even care about it. If the Joker doesn't win everything in this year's Oscars, the, it's just another fallacy. It's another saving Private Ryan getting beat out by um, Shakespeare in Love. But everyone, I love you. Let's rock and roll. And until next time, episode 283, Ghost in the Shell, it's AKA Pads Audio Audacity Podcast. And do me a favor, go out there and create something. Find allies and find friends. Find people to do these things with because they're out there. And most of them, they'll do it because they want you to do well. And that is it. And the thing is, though, you find those relationships, you honor them, you cherish them, and never cross the line. That's uh, that's my message to you. Don't cross the line creatively. Rock and roll. Let's do this.